My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Hallelujah, let's praise the Lord together. Hallelujah, Jesus, you're still a way maker. We're thankful for your work, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We're thankful for your work tonight. We're thankful, Lord, for all that you've done. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Would you take a moment right now and lift your hands and lift your voices unto the Lord? And let's just take a moment and call upon the name of the Lord. Come into one mind and one accord as we enter this place, as we seek the face of the Lord and his will for this service right now. Let every distraction, O oh God, leave our minds. Let every other thought, every other, every other thing, Lord God, that would try to take our attention, Lord, we turn our focus unto you. Tonight, Lord, our, our thoughts have been directed toward your word and toward what you want to do in this service. Jesus, we give you all the praise. We give you all the honor, Lord. We direct our praise unto you, Jesus, with the whole heart, all that is within us, Lord. We bless your name. We thank you. We acknowledge you in this place. Lord, we give you praise and we give you honor. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord, all ye people? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It is wonderful to be in the house of the Lord. I cannot say that enough how good it is to be together with you, worshiping the Lord and to be able to magnify his name together with you. Now, I just want to ask that you continue to keep Pastor in your prayers. He did have a minor surgery. He's doing well. He's recovering at home. He'll be back with us on Sunday. So please keep Pastor in your prayers. And uh, if I could turn your attention to the word of the Lord, Acts chapter 23, we're just going to read one verse. Acts chapter 23 and verse 11. While you're turning there, in this context, in chapter 23, Paul has gone through it. Has anybody gone through it? I don't have to describe it, but if you've ever been through it, you know all about it. Probably many times you've been through it. Paul here in Acts chapter 23 has certainly been through it. This Sanhedrin, this council, is calling Paul before them. And Paul realizes he's got an audience that's against him, Pharisees and scribes. And with wisdom, Paul drops a theological bomb in the midst of him. He says, I've got Pharisees, I've got scribes, and man, they're all turning their attention to me. Paul says, I've got an answer for this. I'll just simply throw this out there. Paul said, men and brethren, I am a Pharisee. 
the son of a Pharisee, in the hope of the resurrection of the dead, I'm called into question. And Paul dropped those words into that council now. Instead of it all eyes being directed at him, at least they began to fight with one another. The Pharisees and the scribes, they began to, to, to strive and and fight amongst themselves, but still Paul would be the focused in so much that the Bible says that the chief captain feared for Paul, lest in verse 10, that he would be pulled in pieces of them. You can get an idea of how difficult this situation was that he commanded the soldiers to go down and take Paul by force and to bring him into the castle. Paul was in a very dangerous spot and these men were willing to tear him apart. He's going through it. In verse number 11, and the night following the Lord stood by him. When you go through it, when you're in the midst of the battle, when you're just trying to do what God's called you to do, Paul experiences the Lord coming next to him. The Bible says the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul. For as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so thou must bear, bear witness also at Rome. The Lord said, I've got to work. And no matter what you're going through right now, no matter what you're going through right now, the Lord said, I've got a plan and you're going to go to Rome. Church, God has a plan for First Pentecostal Church. God has a plan for you and your life. And no matter how much the enemy fights it, if we yield to God's will and God's purpose, I believe his work is going to be done. Would you one more time lift your hands and your voices unto the Lord, and would you just call upon his name right now and believe that in the next few minutes that he would speak a word unto you, encourage you, that he would work his work, his purpose, his will in your life in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray, let your will be done. Speak unto your people. Encourage us tonight by the power of your word. I pray, Lord. Lord, let this voice, Lord God, speak your word. Your word's the only thing that's going to make a difference. And I pray, let your word be declared and let us receive it. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you again clap your hands to the Lord and shout with praise unto our God. For our God is great. Hallelujah. And greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. I want to be the voice of encouragement. I want to be the voice of encouraging God's people. Too many today use their voice in 
and, and negativity and in spreading rumor or, or things that are of no value. But tonight, I, I want to encourage you by the word of God. I want to speak God's word into your life. Nothing else is going to make a difference. So I say, let's receive what will make a difference, and that is the power of God's word. God's word assures us that he will complete the good work that he has begun in us. Turn to your neighbor and say it. Don't spray it, but say that God will complete the work. We got to change our methods a little bit. You can't, you can't do that anymore. You can't spit all over people. But you know what? Uh, just, just say it lightly. Just don't spray it and make sure they understand that, listen, God's going to complete his work. And we sang a little bit about that tonight, that he's always working. Well, guess what? Let me declare that tonight. He is at work. He's at work in the church. He's got a plan for everybody's life. God created us as individuals of free will. You and I can choose whether or not we'll submit to that will, whether we would ignore God's will or plan for our lives and pursue those things that are, that are important to us, our selfish inclinations, or we could choose to align our lives with the plan that God has for us. I, for one, want to align my life with God's will. God's plan and God's purpose. The choice is ours. No man can make this choice for you. No one else can make this choice. You must make that choice. You must decide. But whenever you make a choice, listen, understand this. God is neither surprised and God's plan is not affected in any way, shape, or form. If you and I choose not to follow his plan... We choose to do our thing. We choose to walk away from God. That's our choice. That's not what God desires of us. But if we choose, we can walk away. Demas, he decided he was going to walk away. He decided the race wasn't worth it anymore. But let me declare, the race is worth it. The fight is worth it. All that we deal with today, listen, it is worth it. His plan is worth it. God's will is going to be done. Make no mistake, choosing to follow your own selfish will, your own human inclinations, listen, it's going to, instead of following God's plan, God's ultimate plan is going to be done. He's going to have a victorious church. There have been many people over the years that have left churches thinking that just because they left, everything was going to fall apart. I'm sorry, but you know what? I believe God's still going to have a church. No matter who chooses to be a part of it, no matter who chooses to submit to God and his will, Paul said... Romans 8 and 28, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. We know that in life all of these things work to good, together for good. You know, sometimes we can be discouraged, and if you've ever been discouraged, more than likely it's going to happen. You will be discouraged in your, in your, in your walk with God. There are going to be times where you fight and face things that will discourage you, and sometimes you get discouraged because you can't see the big picture. 
God's working in your life. God has transformed your life. Those who are new to this, God's filled you with the Holy Ghost, washed away your sins in baptism. He's doing a great work in your life, but maybe you're getting frustrated because you feel like God wants to use you in a certain area, but it's not working out yet. To that idea, I say just hold on. Keep doing what's right. Keep submitting yourself and keep following after God. God will make a way in his time. We see through a glass darkly. And because of that, we think we're failing in the work which God called us to do because we feel like we haven't done what he wants us to do. But listen, as long as we are faithful to Jesus, we can be certain that he will never abandon us and he won't have a half-finished work in our lives. We will submit to the Lord. His work is going to be done. I don't want to miss out on the work. I don't want to miss Sister Anderson. I don't want to miss out on his plan for my life. But what God has planned, Brother Keesling, what God has decided, Brother Knowles, I want to submit to the will of God. I might be discouraged because I'm not quite there yet. But listen, I'm going to get off of being discouraged and say, you know what? I'm right where I need to be. I'm in the very place where I need to be right here, right now, in the will of God. It may not be the end of the picture, but I'm thankful to be part of the picture somewhere. If you're thankful of what God is doing in your life right now, would you give God some praise? Because I'm tired of people being discouraged about where they are in God. If you'll just submit yourself to the Lord, you're in the best place that you can be. Submitted to the will of God. Growing along that pattern and path that God has set. You can't grow faster than what God has decided for you. You think our pastor preaches so powerful? Do you think he preached like that for his first message? He may have. I wasn't there. And probably none of you were there as well. He probably preached like that from the first message he gave. But for most of us, God is at work in us. And God is moving among us. And God is trying to work some things out. Don't be frustrated where you are. Brother Welch told me when we were rebuilding in New Orleans, I was excited about the rebuilding process and about what was happening. And Brother Welch, Paul Welch, took me aside. He said, listen, let me tell you a little something about that rebuild process. Process. He said, it's going to take twice as long and cost twice as much. I can't tell you how much I was saying, Lord, please don't let that be true. But he was right. He was absolutely right. Why? He'd been through it, and he realized there's going to be some things that happen. And no matter how much I was saying, oh, Lord, let it be wrong. And it's rare you're trying to say, oh, let the man of God be wrong, Lord. But you know what? He was right because he had been through some things and said, listen, I don't want you to be discouraged. But if you know right now that there's a good possibility it's going to cost more and take longer, just keep holding on. Just keep holding on. Just keep believing God. Church, God is with us. God is with us. I'm not going to go any further until you get that. God is with you. God hasn't abandoned you. God hasn't forsaken you. God hasn't forsaken the church. God hasn't left us. God hasn't put himself in quarantine. 
Oh, would you clap right now unto the Lord and give God praise? the busyness of life, there are times we forget that, yes, God is with us. I know we like to quote Matthew 28 and 19, and all we can think about is baptism, but Jesus said to his disciples, go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I know, I know about baptism, but can we turn our mind from the baptism here and look at what Jesus said? He said, you're going to go and do what I have commanded you to do. You're going to do my work. And as you're doing my work, let me remind you, you're not working alone. You're not in it all by yourself. You're not in this thing alone. Jesus said, lo, I am with you. Not some of the time. He said, I am with you all way. And not only that, he said, I'll, tell you, I'll take it a little further than all way. He said, even unto the end of the world. No matter how far you get, if you're in the will of God, I say tonight, stay in the will of God. Stay in the will of the Lord. Keep doing what you've been doing. Keep on the that pathway, Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always. If you look a little bit closer at that passage of Scripture, if you're doing what He has called you to do, His will, His work, I believe we can be assured of that promise that He is with us. I believe there are times when we read that verse and all we can think about. Is yeah, he's with us when it's hard or it's difficult or it's rough times. But the truth of the matter is, is that he's always with us. I believe that if we can come to an understanding of how powerful that is, it'll set you free. Because tomorrow when you get the phone call and you're depressed about what you just heard, uh, you can take that depression and say, you know what? Uh, I'm going to take what I have just heard. Uh, I'm going to take what I have just received that has discouraged me. And I'm going to say, you know what? The Lord is with me right now and if he's with me everything's gonna be all right I know you could say it but church it's time to live it I remember a headline that caught my eye a while back in the news a baby was left in a parking lot by an 18 year old father the infant boy was only 16 days old Abandoned, left in that parking lot, and thankfully employees from a, a nearby store came and, and, and took action and called the police. That infant, 16 days old, could never have taken care of himself and was dependent upon his earthly father who turned his back on him and simply drove away. I, I don't know how in the world you do that, but you know what? Evil exists in our world. For a father to do such a thing that he abandoned this child. But we have a heavenly father who has promised us something very powerful, that he would never leave us nor forsake us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. In fact, we have an entire psalm, Psalm 124. The psalmist is trying to wake us up to recognize something very powerful. He said, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, 
Somebody needs to hear that tonight because you think you're in this thing all by yourself. Israel was in need of a reminder, and David would tell them if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, Israel may now say if it hadn't been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, they would have swallowed us up quick. Within the, with their wrath was kindled against us. The waters would have overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. The proud waters would have gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who hath not given us as prey to their teeth. Our souls escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we are escaped. Our help, our help, our help is in the name of the Lord. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. In other words, in case you've missed this point, if you're breathing and you're in this place right now, if you're listening on live stream, if you are listening, breathing, and hearing this message right now, let me remind you, if it had not been the Lord who was on your side, You're not catching my point. The point of the matter is this. You're here right now because the Lord has been on your side. Some of you, I just need to wake you up a little bit. You're here tonight because the Lord has been with you. The Lord has been good to you. The Lord has delivered you. The Lord has... Hallelujah. That tells us that we live in that victory. We live in that blessing of knowing that God is with us. Recognize that you're not defeated. You say, well, I have failed. Welcome to the club. There's not one person in this place who has not failed. Not one. You're not defeated. The good news is that you've decided, I'm coming to the house of the Lord. I'm going to make my trip another time into his presence. And you know what that says? The Lord's on your side. The Lord is with you. Proverbs 24 and 16, it's the difference between the just and the wicked. He said, a just man falleth seven times. Who falls seven times? Just man falls seven times, but the blessing is that he riseth up again. I'm just trying to encourage you. I'm trying to let you know tonight, I, I, I don't have the words to perhaps say it and describe it like I feel, but if you've fallen down, if you've messed up, if today hasn't been the best day that you've had in God, and you've had some hurts and pains and made some wrong choices, but you decided to get to the house of the Lord, let me encourage you right now. The just man falleth seven times, but that just person understands if I could 
just get back up one more time, if I can just get back up one more time, if I can get to his presence, I know I haven't done everything right, and I know I haven't done things I'm supposed to do, and Lord, I messed up, but I'm going to get back up. I'm going to repent of my sins, and I'm going to get myself into the presence of the Lord. You just need the courage to get up and try again. The just and the wicked both fall, but the just get back up and try again. In Psalm 37, the Bible says in verse 23 that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way, though he fall. Did you notice that The Bible says of this good man who the Lord orders his steps and delights in his way. The Bible says, though, not if he fall. It's God already knows, church. God already knows the frailties of this this flesh of ours, but he said this good man knows that though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. Why? Because he's got something underneath him that keeps him, that is with him, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. And every time you fall down, don't be determined to stay down, but come to a realization that says I've got something underneath me that even though I fall the hand of the Lord is still underneath me and I'm going to get myself back up with the help of the Lord oh come on clap your hands unto the Lord and give God praise you've got a hand that's underneath your life you've got Jesus with you always Rejoice not against me, oh my enemy. You're going to like this one. Micah 7 and 8. He said, when I fall. Again, he doesn't say if I fall. He says, enemy, I need you to understand. Before you begin your party of my demise, my destruction, or I'm defeated, Before you get the victory party started, I want you to understand something. That when I fall, I know I've got a God who's full of mercy who's full of grace, who loves me so much that he put on flesh and he died upon that cross for me. I've got a God who upholds me with his hand. I've got a God who will lift me back up. I've got a God who will forgive. I've got a God who will bless. Don't go and rejoice right now, enemy. Guess what? Because when I fall, I shall arise. And whether I sit in darkness, the Lord is going to be a light unto me. I'm not preaching to give a license to sin. That's crazy. But you know what? In this flesh, when you fall, you've got to understand something. We still serve a God of grace, and we still serve a God of mercy. If you fall, get yourself back up and begin to praise God and bless his name. Certainly repent of sin. There are times when you... 
you read these scriptures and, and you want to just uh, use those scriptures for people who are perfect and people who've got everything right and, and people who are this or people who are that. Listen, God knows the frailties that we deal with in the, in the flesh of ours. And, and I'm just trying to encourage you that says, listen, you may feel like a failure, but if you're here tonight, don't give up. Don't give in. There's a deliverance you can have. You can be set free from sin. You can be set free from the things that bind you. The Bible tells us of Paul that the Lord wanted to encourage him in Acts 23. And he told Paul, he said, you're going to testify in Rome. The Lord stood by him. He said to Paul, be of good cheer for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. Have you ever felt like in prayer and seeking God? Have you ever felt like the presence of the Lord in such a way that it, it felt as though he had just walked up next to you? I don't know if I can describe that accurately. I don't know, but... If, if, you, if you're in a, in a place or in a room and, and somebody walks up next to you, you don't have to see them. Uh, you don't have to physically touch them. But you can just sense that somebody has just come next to you. And there are times when you seek the Lord where you, you just feel that powerful presence of the Lord. And it's so powerfully Luke records it that the Lord showed up. Three things the Lord did for Paul in the midst of the situation he was in. God did not abandon him. But the first thing he did when Paul was going through it was that the Lord showed up. Maybe I could say it this way. We should have an expectation in the midst of the battle that at any moment the Lord is going to show. He's going to come right next to me. The Bible said that he stood by Paul. When you're doing his will, I believe that he will show up. He will not abandon you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Paul and Silas, what are you going to do? You've been put into the inner part of the prison. Your feet are chained and in stocks and, and you're bound here in this prison. What are you going to do? I think I will just go ahead and pray and I think we'll sing and I think we'll bless the name of the Lord. And as they began to bless the Lord in the midst of their prison sentence, if you will, in the midst of their difficulty, in the midst of being in this prison in bonds and shackles, in the midst of it all, suddenly, in the midst of it, God shows up and shakes everything. Doors are open. Chains are broke. They're two men doing what God called them to do. In the midst of their trouble, God shows up. Church, I'm so tired of hearing about this pandemic. I know we have to deal with it, but let me just declare this. God is still on the throne. He's still in charge. Yeah, he's still a healer. 
Yeah, he's still my defender, my protector, my refuge, my strength, my hope, my shield. He's everything to me. He's got my hand, his hand in my life. He upholds me. Seems like some people can only see the negativity in what we're dealing with right now. It doesn't matter what we're dealing with right now because when this ends, something else is going to come. Throughout the generations, different things came that tested man and tried man. But you know what? The one that never changed throughout it all, his name is Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. My prayer for you tonight is that in this service, the Lord will do to you exactly what he did for Paul. You know what I'm talking about? I'm praying, Brother Gary, for people who've really been battling and struggling and dealing with oppression and depression and anxiety and stress about what's happening in their lives, what they're going to do about their business, their job, what they're going to do for their family, to provide for their family, when the things are going to get back to normal. And, and, and many people are discounting that as not a big deal, but you know what? When you're the provider for your family and everything's shut down and everything's difficult, you're going to wonder how in the world I'm going to make things go. And if you're dependent upon the government to send you a check, you've got some problems because I'm going to tell you that money's got to come from somewhere. I'm going to go ahead and get off of that real quick. But in the midst of the difficulties that we're in, this is what I'm praying the Lord will do for you because there's something about when the Lord comes up next to you. And the Lord comes as close as he can. In the midst of your trouble, all of a sudden, you feel that presence of the Lord. What in the world? could depress you when the Lord shows up in the midst of your trouble, in the midst of what you're dealing with, and says, I haven't forgotten you. I haven't forgotten your name. I haven't forgotten your address. I haven't forgotten your voice. I haven't forgotten your tears. You know what? I've got your tears already. I've got them contained in this bottle. I know exactly what your heart's desire is. I know exactly what you're going through. He has been touched. He knows your voice, and God hasn't forsaken you. Would you give the Lord some praise? I'm sorry. I'm just trying to give you what the Lord has given to me. God hasn't forsaken you. Expect God to show up. He stood by Paul. I pray that the Lord will do that same thing for this church and this hour. That God would show right up to you and you could feel that presence. The next thing the Lord did was that he encouraged Paul. The Lord showed up. And he simply said, be of good cheer. Oh, Lord, did you hear what they said in that council? Did you hear? Did you see how they wanted to tear me apart? Did you see what was happening? Do you see what their desire is? Do you see what's going on around me? Did you see what is happening? Be of good cheer. Go ahead and be depressed if you want to. But when the Lord shows up, if you're doing his will and the Lord shows up, He's not going to go, oh, poor you. 
No, he's going to say, be encouraged. Be of good cheer. You're doing what I have called you to do. You know how I know that? He told Paul, he said, you testified of me. Oh, yeah, the Lord stood by him, and he said to Paul, in my translation, he said, good job, Paul. You've told them all about me. You've declared my name. You've testified of me in Jerusalem. He was saying, the work that I gave you to do, you're doing it. Listen, don't be discouraged in the work of the Lord. I believe that when he shows up, he's going to encourage us and say, you're doing my work. Be encouraged and be strengthened. It was a personal word for Paul. And I pray you get that personal word. The Lord shows up and the Lord speaks encouragement. And the third thing that the Lord did for Paul was that he spoke to him concerning his plans for Paul. You ever hear people talking about we don't know what God wants to do? Well, that may be true. We may not know all the left and right turns. We don't know the the valleys or the mountains. We may not know the whole thing. But the Lord stood by Paul. He encouraged Paul and he told Paul, you've got a ticket. To Rome. He says, you've done a good job here in Jerusalem, but you're going to bear witness also at Rome. God let Paul know in uncertain, no uncertain terms that you've got a testimony to give in Rome also. This is my will and my plan for you and for your life. Jeremiah 29 and 11, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. The Lord shows up to Paul and says, I've got a plan for you. And I'm not going to let anything interfere with that plan. You and I can be certain that God has a work for us to do. And the performance of his will, we can also be sure of. And in the midst of that performance, the enemy will do everything he can do to get you to stop to get you to quit, to give up. Don't go back to that church. You repented time and time again, but when you leave there, you fall into the same trap. You're no good. God's not doing, you're not, you're not good enough for God. You can't do anything. Let me speak against that lie. When the Lord showed up, he encouraged Paul and confirmed his plan. What's interesting is, is that the council met, the fol- after the council situation, it was the following night, the Bible said that the Lord stood by Paul. We don't know what that day felt like for him, but certainly you can understand that he needed God to show up. But in Acts 23 and 12, The Bible says that when it was day, in other words, the night before the Lord shows up, the Lord speaks to him, the Lord encourages him, the Lord tells him about his plan. You could imagine that Paul, when he went to sleep that night, you talk about being knocked out. I have anything to worry about. I'm going to Rome. But here's what I want you to see. And I'm I'm wrapping up here shortly. Is that 
just as soon as he woke up that next morning, the Bible says that when it was day, Paul got to rest on that word. But you know what? There are times when you can't rest very long because the enemy doesn't quit, doesn't stop. The enemy got right back to work. So certain Jews banded together and bound themselves under a curse saying that they would neither eat nor drink till they have killed Paul. More than 40 Jews so despised the work that Paul was attempting to do for God that they swore an oath to neither eat nor drink until Paul was killed. They were bloodthirsty men. More than 40 men who who conspired together and said, we're not going to eat. We're not going to drink until Paul is destroyed. They conspired with the chief priests and the elders to ambush Paul and execute their violence against him. Paul fought against these men Paul had been given a word by the Lord that said, you're going to go to Rome. You're going to testify of me there. The enemy tried their best to get a plan together to take Paul out. But God would turn that around. Just like God did for Joseph in the Old Testament. Remember how his brothers sought to kill him and destroy the work that God was going to do in his life. At the end of the story, it was Joseph that declared so boldly that it was your thoughts of evil against me. It was your thoughts that were trying to, what you tried to do to destroy me, but God meant it unto good. God turned around what you tried to do. And here's what Paul said, and this is a different lesson for a different day. Or uh, Joseph said this concerning his brothers, which he had the power and the authority to basically knock all of them out, to kill them and destroy them and do to them what they wanted to do to him. This is what Joseph said. He said, I will nourish you. I will nourish your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. If you can have that attitude towards those who attack you. (laughs) I'll move on. God will turn all of the enemy's attempts at destroying his will and his work in your life. Be determined to submit to God and to submit to his will. Keep the right spirit and the right attitude. He will show up, church. He will be a comforter and a help to you. Paul had a visitation of the Lord. He had encouragement. He had a word. He could walk in that promise. His nephew overheard this plot these men to kill Paul. And Paul sends him to the chief captain. You cannot miss this point. He had assurance. He had a promise. He had the word of the Lord that said, you're going to testify in Rome. He told his nephew, his sister's son, he said, you go tell the chief captain what you heard. Notice what he did not do, which some people do because of pride when they get a word from the Lord, when they get that encouragement from God, and they they have that word, that promise. They begin in pride to operate in pride. Paul could have said, okay, they want to get me. I'm going to go out there and face those men. Paul didn't go out and face those men. 
even though he had a promise that he was going to Rome. He said, they have a plan. Just go ahead and tell it. Go ahead and tell it to the chief captain, and God will take care of it. Paul didn't walk in pride, even though he had a word from the Lord. When we get a word, walk in humility and walk in the authority that God has given you, but understand there's some wisdom to be had. Paul, because he sent his nephew to the chief captain, Paul gets an armed escort. In Acts 23 and 23, the chief captain called unto him two centurions, saying, make ready 200 soldiers to go to Caesarea. Horsemen, three score and ten. Spearmen, two hundred. And, a third, and at the third hour of the night, provide them beasts that they may set Paul on and bring him safe unto Felix the governor. Because God showed up. Because he encouraged Paul. Because he gave him his plan and his purpose. Here Paul is getting an escort of 200 Roman soldiers 70 horsemen, 200 spearmen, and I try not to do math in public, but that's less than 500. Let's just say it's about 500. 470. Some of you are getting nervous. I could add 200, 270. That is correct, right? 200, 270 is 470, right, Noah? Okay. 470 men. You're going to do God's work? Submit to his will. He'll use things either earthly or in the heavenly realm to get you where you need to go. Would you stand with me right now? We're all facing difficult times. But I hope in this message there's something that has spoke, that has touched your heart. My words won't make a difference, but his word will. His word is powerful. His word is what we need in this hour. Many people, as I said a few moments ago, are concerned and they're rightly concerned about what they're dealing with right now. Unsure. They don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. But I hope that you heard what the Lord did for Paul. And I believe he'll do the same thing for us. So how do I get that assurance? Do exactly what Jesus said to do. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Submit to his will. Follow in his work. Do what God's called you to do and you have an assurance that the Lord will come stand by you.
Would you just take a moment right now all over this place and lift your hands and your voices unto the Lord? I believe in the midst of this message, somebody felt the Lord come and stand by them in the midst of this word. You've been discouraged. You've been facing difficult times and and trying to figure out what you're going to do next, even thoughts of giving up and quitting and, and just turning back and and going back to your old lifestyle, your own way of doing things. But let me encourage you right now. Now's not the hour to turn back. Don't quit. Don't give up. But if you'll submit to God right here, right now, I believe you'll get a visitation from the Lord that he wants to encourage you, that he wants to strengthen you. He wants to be your help right now. As you continue to call out unto the Lord, I'd like for you, those of you that would feel comfortable to come forward right now, would you come forward into this altar area and take a moment and just seek the Lord and just call upon his name. There are people tonight that that have been battling some difficult things. Certainly, they need God to show up. They need God to bless. They need God to help. They need God to deliver. Don't look to anything else. Don't look in any other direction. Don't turn your eyes from the master, but turn your eyes unto the Lord. Turn your eyes unto him. He's with you. He's going to be with you. He brought you to this point. He can bring you the rest of the way. He will complete his work. Would you lift your hands all over this place? Would you lift your voice right now unto the Lord? And and I pray, Lord Jesus, for every person in this place. I pray, encourage them, Lord, by your word. Send them the peace that only you can give. Speak unto them, Lord God, a promise they can hold to. to Remind them, Lord, of your word. Remind them, Lord God, of the word that they put into their hearts, Lord. Remind them, Lord God, of promises you gave them years ago. Remind them, Lord God, of the visions that they've had. Remind them, Lord God, of the promises that you made to them as they submitted their lives to you, Lord. Remind them, Lord, of the commitments they made to you because you called them, because you equipped them, because, Lord God, you've been doing a mighty work in their lives. Remind them, Lord, of your promise. Remind them of the words that you've spoken to them. Remind them of those times that you've encouraged them. Remind them, Lord God, of the times that you spoke to them, Lord Jesus. And even in this service right now, even in this place right now, I pray, Lord, that you would speak, that you would encourage, that you would bless In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord, in the name of Jesus. One more time, church, would you just do it? Would you just give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. Be encouraged. The Lord is with us, church. The Lord is for us. Hallelujah. 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 You feel the presence of the Lord in this place. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I know I've asked you to do this many times throughout this service, but I'm going to ask them to sing for just a minute. 
And I'm also going to ask you just one more time to just lift your voice to the Lord and just thank him for his promises. Would you just go ahead? Thank you, Jesus. Your kindness leads me to repentance. Your goodness draws me to your side. Your mercy calls me to name of Jesus. I bless you in the name of the Lord. And I pray that when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel discouraged, when you feel like giving up, I pray that the Lord will fulfill that promise, that he will show up, that he will encourage you, and that he will remind you of the work that he has for you. Be blessed tonight and be encouraged. We love you. We appreciate each and every one of you. God bless you in Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.